0: Welcome to the Holden Village podcast. Holden is a community of education, programming, and worship located in the remote wilderness of the Cascade Mountains. These snapshots provide a glimpse into the learnings taking place in our community. Let's tune in to this week's highlight.
1: I'm Marta, and I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the staffing coordinator at Holden Village.
0: And I'm Maddie. I use she, her pronouns, and I am a head cook in the kitchen. Welcome to Food for Thought. Today's focus will be on racism within the U.S. public school systems. We'll start by
1: sharing some material
0: and then move on into our discussion questions.
1: I grew up with a teacher as a parent, so the public education system has always been a topic of discussion in my home. But I didn't really engage fully or understand the issues faced by Black, Indigenous, and students of color up close until my AmeriCorps year with College Possible. I had 40 students, all from low-income backgrounds, most of whom were students of color and most of whom were the first in their family to go to college. So in the program, we worked on application essays, financial aid applications, scholarships. We visited colleges. We tried to understand different aspects of college life culture. And I also was exposed in a new way to the barriers that low-income students face in getting into college because of the relationships that we've formed and the stories that they shared with me. So language barriers of my students and their parents really made FAFSA and navigating college websites extremely difficult. Internet outages made working on homework or applications at home nearly impossible. We'd visit college campuses and the majority of the students that we saw were white and my students who were students of color were unable to see themselves represented in those communities. And a few of my English Language Learner students barely were able to graduate high school because the graduation requirements weren't designed to support them. They all had individual stories and these 40 students were only a fraction of the many Black, Indigenous, and students of color who are a part of our education system today. So I also have a parent that's a
0: teacher. My mom is a teacher of the deaf and she works with deaf children from birth to age 5 in their families and recently she's been telling me a lot about how her work has changed in the pandemic. So usually she would be doing uh, home visits to work with the kids and their families in person, but now everything is on Zoom. And She was telling me about one family in particular that's been having a really hard time. They're Spanish-speaking, living in poverty, and working full-time in the fruit packing sheds. They don't have Wi-Fi in their home or a computer, so they've been doing their Zoom meetings on a smartphone and my mom was describing to me the struggles of trying to get a deaf toddler to focus on a tiny phone screen to learn ASL. Recently, during one of their Zoom meetings, the mother broke down in tears because she was so frustrated that she couldn't see her daughter making any progress. In comparison, my mom said that some of her other families, who are mostly white, financially stable, have a stay-at-home parent and good technology, are adjusting quite well to the Zoom visits. It was really striking to me that this Latinx child, who is not even in the school system yet, is already facing educational disadvantages that have been exacerbated by the pandemic.
1: One key issue limiting school opportunities for low-income students is how public schools are funded. Public schools are funded by property taxes, which means that in high-income areas, the schools have a lot of funding. Schools in low-income areas receive less funding, and therefore have less resources available to support their students and teachers. Because of the racist housing restrictions of the last century in the United States, many Black, Indigenous, and people of color were limited to owning homes in certain parts of cities with lower housing values. Though those particular restrictions are no longer in place, the wealth gap between white and non-white families had already been established based on who could own homes in wealthy neighborhoods. So the question we want you to reflect on is the following. Public school in the United States has been described as the great equalizer. Discuss the ways this is untrue. Think about the neighborhood you grew up in and went to school in. What opportunities did or didn't exist there?
0: According to a study done in 2018, 79.3% of teachers in the United States are white, whereas only 46.6% of the students are white. This means that 54.4% of students will likely not have a teacher that represents them. This excerpt from the Seattle Times article, To Understand Structural Racism, Look to Our Schools, explains some of the issues that got us to this point. Quote, black students are far less likely to have a teacher, counselor, or principal who looks like them during the course of their education compared to white students. Here's how we got here. First, it's a cyclical problem. Black students don't see themselves represented at school and avoid the teaching profession. Next, the costs of colleges can be prohibitive for aspiring black teachers, keeping enrollment in teacher programs low. A third issue is that teacher preparation program tests are expensive and may carry cultural biases, end quote.
1: The Advocates' article, History of Institutionalized Racism in U.S. Public Schools, describes some of the day-to-day interactions that come out of this lack of representation in the classroom. Quote, A big contributor to new racism is the reality of everyday racism. This entails smaller interactions in everyday life where racism is almost seen as a knee-jerk reaction. In the classroom, it can be recognized in a student of color who is consistently overlooked in class because it is believed that they do not have anything to contribute. In a counselor's office, it can be observed in a counselor discouraging a student of color from applying to an Ivy League school because they would be reaching too high. Throughout the history of the United States, institutional racism has created an invisible chain holding down students of color in the educational system. Limitations and denial of access to education created a culture where students of color were treated as less than equals, a mindset that is still deeply rooted in our educational system today. End quote. Our next discussion question is, when was the first time
0: you had a teacher of your same race? When was the first time you had a teacher of a different race? What impact could that have had on your educational journey? Now that we've discussed these two barriers within our current education system, we ask you to consider the ways that these barriers show up in your day-to-day life. Where do you see lack of representation? What impacts can that have? Where is income tied to opportunities? How can we combat these issues in education and beyond that sphere? We close with a quote from Nicole Hannah-Jones, an educator, writer, activist, and founder of the 1619 Project as a call to action quote, while adults are talking about the problem, there are children in these classrooms right now who are being deprived of the education they deserve and who are going to face lifelong consequences for that, end quote. Go with peace to seek justice. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to view the links in the description for more information or visit our website to find out more about the village. We hope you will make a pilgrimage to Holden. Blessings and peace to you.